This is Idle Inspiration, the show about finding our next favorite role-playing game or building it. I'm your host, Caleb, here with my other co-host. How's it going? I'm David. I never know where to Good point to back. at Oh yeah, I don't camera. have no idea. That's a good point. <laughs> but here we are. Here we are. Well, because par- partially. Gesture on, generally. Uh, yeah, exactly. On Zoom, we're actually switched in where we are. So. Oh, uh, okay. Weird. From where we are on uh, on the overlay. Anyway, that's not important. We're here. Especially <laughs> if you're listening to this just on audio, you're not going to care whatsoever about me pointing. Yeah. <laughs> we, here we, we are. always do it right as far as you're concerned. Yep. Yep. Here we are with Idle Inspiration. Episode... <laughs> I don't know what number of episodes this is. Yeah. I think it's nine. That would be my guess. Um that sounds about right. <laughs> yes, episode nine. Um, and we're gonna be talking today about transitions, about uh continuing our little chronology here of uh, our experience with role-playing games and what we've learned over time. Uh and just like how our uh, how our interest in the hobby has changed. We're gonna talk today about the transition from primarily playing in person, doing stuff uh, around a table with real physical dice, real physical paper and pencils, to doing things in the magic of the internet, um, and then streaming as well. Um, I think there was a time period there where we were playing stuff on the internet before we started actually stream streaming it. There, there was definitely a, a period Probably. of transition yeah. where we were kind of going back and forth, where we like, uh, and I guess we can just, I think, start there. We, we started at, um, uh, it, it really, it started with Savage Tide. Um, right. Right. Savage yeah. Tide, we had been playing it for four, five years at that point. Maybe, I think four. <laughs> yeah. 2014. Sounds yeah, funny. exactly. And we had gotten to adventure number six out of 12. Um, the rest of the campaign would just last that sixth adventure uh that would be the rest of the camp the rest of the the next four years of savage tide would be that adventure oh, uh, boy. <laughs> so we spent four years doing five adventures and then the next four years doing one um and then the finale yeah. episode which was kind of its own mini thing um but uh there came a point where we realized we could not continue meeting in person regularly <laughs> yeah yeah uh and so we decided to well there's this thing called roll 20 that existed and we were like hey why don't we get on the internet because we don't actually have to go to each other's houses to do this we can just jump on for like three or four hours from wherever we were yeah and instead uh, of eight like we usually do or did (laughs) (laughs) yes eight eight to twelve hours of yeah good old the high school days when we had nothing to do but go for eight hours yeah yeah yeah. i'm i'm ready for the for the moment where my kids are high school age and i like see that with them and i'm like hmm those times (laughs) (laughs) like kids do not squander these times use it to your full advantage you will not have them forever yeah exactly uh um but yeah so so we we weren't going to stream anything yet um but we we wanted to just have more accessibility to actually play uh together and i think part of it too was because me you connor jared david and trevor were st- uh, you sorry not uh, david not david not twice um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> i said your name oh, you other twice. david is yeah 
Well, not even other David. He he was at that point. Oh. He wasn't even playing with us. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, yeah. I I just accidentally said mentioned uh, yeah, twice. Got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we were still able to get together in person uh, at various points during this transition. Uh, but if we wanted to play with Seth Birchfield or Lance, um, internet was our best option there for a little while. Um, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think Nate too is still playing with us at this point. Yeah. Um, so. But it was easier to do do stuff online, and so we yeah we we checked out Roll Twenty Virtual Tabletop, um, and those videos are actually still on YouTube. I, let's see, are they are they still live on YouTube? I need to check that. Um, they're still on my channel. I don't know if yeah, they're I think still... you went back and and cleaned house though, right? I did definitely clean house. I just don't know if I made them private or not. Um, right. Yeah, I did. I did go back through, and uh, that's why. Um, and we'll talk about this later. But that's why. Um, but tonight we dance is no longer on the channel. Um, because as fun uh, as it was, yeah. it didn't go anywhere. Uh, yeah, and the Urban Wave is forever lost. Exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, those were some of our. It was the first thing we ever streamed uh, like that as well. So the quality is not terribly great. That's um, fair. And every every we play it like every three months and then forget everything about it. Yeah, which is a political game. So that was rough because we were like, who are all these people? Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm just randomly looking through all my playlists here. Anyway. Um, yeah, I don't I don't see it anywhere on here. But uh, we we streamed it live to. um. Yeah, here they are. We stream it live to uh, YouTube. Um, the first one we ever did. Wow, actually, a lot of these have like a significant amount of views for my channel anyway. Um, but and uh, they are actually still public. Uh, I think okay, I do. Yeah, cool. I do have a, a playlist. Um, so if you want to check these out, I will go ahead and put a link in the in the liner notes if you want to look at the horrible audio and video quality of these. <laughs> uh, but this was back in the days of Google Hangouts. Um, oh and, right oh yeah I forgot about that Yep, you could jump on Google Hangouts and Roll20 actually had a plugin with Google Hangouts and so you could open it up in the Google Hangouts itself and so we'd all have it there in the like Roll20 would be open in Google Hangouts and we'd be able to like have the videos below using Google Hangouts and Roll20 uh, above and uh, yeah we, we did um we actually the, we started doing this right after we finished the fifth adventure of Savage Tide um, and went into a little bit of an interlude period. Um, and actually, the first thing we did, David, I just I, I realized as I was going back through these sessions uh, last yeah. um, session, number 22 of Savage Tide is not recorded anywhere except for in the text chat of Roll20. <laughs> we did a whole session that first time we tried doing something that's uh funny. where we were just on roll 20 and we was just we're just talking to each other uh in the text chat and then moving oh, the pieces man. around um That's do funny. you remember anything from that is that jogging your memory at all vaguely honestly i have a pretty bad long-term memory so that's <laughs> yeah that's digging pretty deep for that one yeah well as i was listening back through savage tide um for that episode we did of this show um i i find i got to 
22 and I was like, where is episode 22? And then I realized, oh, it's like in this chat log. And so I like had to scroll yeah. up in the Savage Tide Roll20 chat log and oh, find man. this. And, and we would we would uh, change our who's speaking to like the character or the player right. or, like in yeah. the window. Yeah, we would we would use that a whole bunch. <laughs> You're going to have to narrate that episode. Yeah, like, sorry, exactly. yeah, this episode is just going to be me narrating. <laughs> well, I mean, even even that, like none of these episodes will ever see the right the yeah. light of day um, as a full anything. I, I remember laughing when David or when Jared asked me, are you ever going to like make a podcast version of the Savage right. Tide? I was yeah. like, no. <laughs> like, I don't hate myself that I much. No. I don't hate myself that much. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And who knows if, yeah. if I'll ever get around to doing a full write-up of the whole campaign. Um, oh, boy. Yeah. And uh, this is just not worth it for me. <laughs> I won't get anything out of that. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, one of the most uh, interesting things about uh, that episode, episode 22, is uh, you and I had a little mini thing that we did where you were just talking to a bunch of NPCs in Farshore. And so some of the best conversations ever in the game of savage tide happened because we were just writing it out instead of having yeah. to talk <laughs> that's hilarious and we were we were saying that, to each yeah. other in the chat like wow it's so much easier to have like npc conversations when you don't have to actually say it um, <laughs> you're just yeah. sitting there writing it out um it's funny but uh yeah so uh, do you remember anything like just even broadly from that time period uh of us doing savage tide and world 20 and um that kind of start into the realm of online stuff i don't know if i have any like specific memories of it really i um i yes yeah, it's, it's been so long oh yeah <laughs> um, yes it's more fresh in my mind because i've listened back through them yeah um uh but yeah lots of uh drawing on the map um yeah of course yeah <laughs> uh <laughs> Jared drawing on the map in Roll Twenty began uh, there, of right? Course. <laughs> of um, course. But uh, yeah, so we we were for a while we were doing um, Savage Tide on Roll Twenty. Uh, we did well, I guess we did three sessions on Roll Twenty in various capacities, um, and then yeah, session number twenty five was a year, almost exactly a year after session 24 uh okay so we did this in 2013 uh we started transitioning to online stuff uh and then session 25 of savage tide was in 2014 march of 2014 um and so we we did that for a while and then realized this doesn't actually help us schedule things because people's schedules are still too awful yeah um and I think at that point, that's when we were starting to look at different games. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what we were doing. So, Mistborn. Yeah. Um, Although I think we did Mistborn. Did we do that entirely in person or only partly? We did all of that in person. Right? Yes. Yeah, I thought so. Uh, yeah. So there was a time period we were kind of going back and forth, right? Um, between doing some stuff right. online and doing stuff yeah. in person, whatever fit our schedules. Um, but uh, yeah. So then we did the second second season of that online although i think at that point we, we were solidly online all the time we were but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep um and so we were doing we were in mistborn and then we were doing hero system um during that time and i know we've talked about that already uh on uh, our episode of Mist- the mistborn adventure game and beyond um right. but it was during that time also that we were doing stuff like um 
uh, Kaylee Cadentum. Do you remember that? Remember Kaylee Cadentum? Uh. It was a Fate Core game, once we were getting into Fate Core, that we were starting to do online with just you, Connor, and Jared. Um, and it was a um, like Nephilim urban fantasy sort oh, of... Oh, yes. I remember we like put Angels a lot of work into figuring that out and then never did anything. I think we did, did one one it. very short session. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I still remember. I vaguely remember my character for that. But I think we, she's basically like a super cyborg. Yeah. 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 Cause it was like, uh, um, technology. Cause it was like far future sci-fi with Nephilim angels and demons and weird stuff like that. Yeah. 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 Uh, but yeah, we, we, we started doing that in fake core and we, that was online as well. Um, we were, okay, yeah. and, and then we also, and, and I know these because they're still, you know, live things on my YouTube um, in, in the mm-hmm. archives here. Uh, we also did a game of, uh, we started, we tried to start um, Power. Do you remember Power? Um, our superhero apocalypse so. game. Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, we did one session of that. And I think that was in Hero System. Um, I think that's when we were getting into Hero System. And we did one session of that online as well and that was just you and connor um because we were we were trying to find like how can we do regular gaming that's consistent somehow in this in that weird transitionary period where we we couldn't do anything regularly Mm -hmm. um yeah same period we were doing orphans and then we did uh and then we did um uh what's it called uh um well before orphans we did uh (laughs) Historia, the Dawn of Worlds game, uh, right, which yep. was every Monday for a summer, um, which was fun. But but the thing about that time period was <clears throat> that's when I was getting into podcasting mm-hmm. and we were recording those episodes. And in theory, I was going to like post them online somewhere, but they were so long. And it, again, it was the same sort of thing as like Savage, the Savage Tide recordings. It just wouldn't make sense to right. do anything with them. Um. But we were also during that time period, we did a session of a um, that we did a lot of random RPGs, David. And I, I keep finding random things in the archives. I believe it. We've had our periods of, of starting a new campaign every week radically from. Yeah, I, I remember there's that one point where we were like, we can't start any more campaigns. We don't have any ideas for new characters. We have too many campaigns in our backlog. We haven't finished. We just need to not ever do this again. <laughs> <laughs> we yep. just have to like stick to the ones we have done till we're done with them. But then it would always be yeah. scheduling issues or it's like, well, right. this person isn't free to do this one. So we yeah. have to start a new one with this, this particular configuration of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But we are also doing, um, we did one session of me, me, Connor and Jared, uh, a session of a, um, uh, uncharted style game in fake core. Um, oh, yeah. I because like I, I was gonna, yeah, we, we were going to record it. Like, and I was going to try to professionally edit it for like a podcast. And yeah, that also didn't happen. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was the time period where things were starting to shift in my mind of like doing p- role playing games because they're fun and then doing role playing games because they're content. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so I'm trying to remember. I, I, like, obviously, we did, we were doing Orphans and then we, we I got interested in Burning Wheel. Um, that's that summer i read the whole book right um and 
you and me started a um, streamed little mini burning wheel campaign called but tonight we dance um do you want to talk yeah. about that david yeah that was a lot of fun um it was also super stressful because uh role-playing one-on-one is a lot of takes a lot of effort from both people and role-playing burning wheel at all takes a lot of effort so doing role <laughs> i mean it's just it, it very involved uh because it's it's good at what it does and uh so doing both uh it was exhausting i literally like i would i would have episodes at the end of it where i was physically shaking uh because the other part about it was that my character was as low powered as you're supposed to start the game as and all of the characters around him were not as low powered as you're supposed to start the game as and he was very except for uh, your allies uh, yeah (laughs) exactly and he was very uh not aggressive but just like he just he took a lot of risks i i took a lot of risks with him and he only survived more than one episode because of incredible luck like i i remember making multiple roles i'm like if i fail this i'm i don't know how i'm going to survive and i never failed those roles but then i would have his character garwin um the the garwin wave character that i referenced earlier he would always dismiss people by waving at him but from behind like i just walking away from them you know sort of waving and uh he (laughs) was supposed to be super he was supposed to be sort of a a a ladies man and like uh you know polyamorous and i would always fail those roles even though that was the only thing my character was actually good at i would never i was always failing those roles (laughs) but i whenever it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna in you know what's the word uh like extort money from this much more competent noble i would somehow succeed and uh it made for an incredibly stressful but like really i guess rewarding and like like dark souls sort of in that way where you're like it's it's very stressful the whole time, but when it goes right, it's really, really fun. Um, and it was sort of a political campaign again because my I think my character's father was like uh, one of the king's right hand men, and the king was like a child, and he was he was my character's friend, which I think was probably the only reason that he was still alive, <laughs> other than my lucky rolls. Uh, and so it had a fun dynamic there, and uh, yeah, that one was a lot of fun, and. Uh, I think that was also probably one of, I don't really remember when I got more comfortable in like actual role-playing, but I know that that one had a, a lot of it, especially because it was one-on-one. It has to basically, you know, be, be mostly role-playing. And so I think at that point, but I was definitely more comfortable with, you know, being a character and invoice and stuff online as opposed to in person, because it's a lot different. I feel like it's a lot more natural in person to play a character. Uh, because for one, it's not being recorded. So you're like, oh, whatever I say doesn't really matter that much. And also it's easier to have side conversations without distorting whatever's going on primarily, which is good and bad. <laughs> it can be distracting. Um, so I think uh, that being comfortable role-playing online is different than in person. And I think yeah. at that point we had sort of grown more comfortable with that. Um, but yeah, that game, was, that game was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's honestly too bad that um we had to leave it um to fester and die uh because yeah it was <laughs> yeah a heck of a lot of fun mm-hmm. um and it was the it was the true beginning of this new phase uh crow inquisitors yeah. is obviously 
the real beginning in some sort of other the, ways. the realization of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But but um, but but tonight we dance is uh kind of the initial seed, um, in a lot of ways. And that was basically us figuring. I was I was figuring out a lot about how streaming stuff actually worked. Uh, with um. OBS. That was the first time I had actually used OBS to do any of that stuff. Uh, so I was trying to figure out how overlays right, worked, right. how any of that could function. Um, I guess I, I I forgot the one other thing I forgot to mention about like my past into online world twenty stuff is I I I ran a fake core superhero game, um, well the power apocalypse sort of thing, uh, before other random people on the internet for a while in twenty fifteen. Um, we did about six, seven sessions, uh, and then the group fell apart because the, the, there was one player that just did not get along well with anyone else and was yeah. constantly annoying everybody. Uh, and it, anyway, it just, it fell apart through infighting. Uh, yeah. but, uh, that it was, I was, I think about that now and I'm like, holy crap, like 19 year old Caleb just randomly decided, or I think, <laughs> yeah, I must've been some, something along somewhere along that age. Uh, yeah. just randomly decided I'm going to post a looking for a group in roll 20 and stream this to YouTube. Um, yeah, that was a uh, game. That was pretty ballsy. <laughs> it, it was. And, uh, I, I gotta say it was stressful to do every session and I'm glad it ended. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cause I was like, I don't know any of these people. I am trying to manage the group. This one player is getting on everyone's nerves, trying to yeah. run a game. Uh, can so. you imagine doing that? Like at a con? like all the time for a game that you're like writing and then just random people show up and you're trying to run a, a honestly I like I feel like I would be better at it now uh, well, I'm and sure I, yeah and I and I would it would probably be fine but especially for that period of my life I was like why did I do that <laughs> role-playing uh, games are about having fun like that yeah yeah it's not fun and they're also uh you know a potentially dangerous place to be if you're not comfortable with the people you're playing yeah, you know exactly yeah with. um mm-hmm, for sure but uh yeah uh so yeah we, we so i i had done that and then i was like okay well that would be that sort of thing would be a lot more fun if we were doing it with the people that i actually care about in life um and so we kind of yeah. t- tested a little bit with with David, and then that uh, that summer we were talking about, uh, uh, yeah, starting a, a burning wheel game because we were starting to get really into it. Me and David's particularly, um, and we asked. Uh, obviously, Connor and Jared uh, were also staples of that, and then we asked uh, Josh Vincent to join us as like a permanent fourth, um, and we asked uh, Adam Schleisman uh to join as well i think honestly that came from me being on the camping trip uh that our church took uh every uh, summer uh yeah, and yeah. talking to adam about what was going on and he's like oh that sounds interesting i'm like do you want to join and he's like yeah bro let's do it um <laughs> and so we had we had that group kind of come out of that uh and we to do the medieval suicide squad that is crow inquisitors and then halfway through the season trevor came back from texas and was like hey I'll play role fun games and i was like oh yeah i forgot you existed for a second let's come on <laughs> play <Roll Christmas. laughs> oh man yeah yeah it was uh yeah he and he jumped on and started playing like a he was like a partner i think yeah it was ironic since the rest of us were all criminals <laughs> exactly yeah 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 
Sergio is still one of my favorite characters in any role playing game. Um, particularly for season two vibes. Um, but we'll get there. Speaking yeah, of Inquisitors, yeah. I am about to release uh, the next episode. Uh, get back into finishing out season one of Chrome Inquisitors in the in the Chrome Inquisitors podcast, uh, which would be fun. So, if you want to follow yeah. more of the um, that t- that time that beginning genesis of the online streaming stuff we do, uh, mm-hmm. check that yeah. out at crowinquisitors.com. Um, yeah. Do you have any other like general, um, thoughts, not just like on, on our experience, but also like, um, uh, that transition in terms of how it changed the way we play role-playing games, uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah. I think the biggest thing was definitely the fact that now people are watching. I mean, we did have an interesting one. I I think I've only done it once or twice now where we streamed an an in-person session. And so we had sort of both of those elements combining where yeah you know we had sort of the in-person dynamic that you kind of lose a little bit online that um uh but you know we were still recording it so it was still for an audience because i think that was the biggest difference right when we were doing it in person it was for ourselves when we were doing it um online it was at least at least partially for an audience at least we knew there was going to be an audience um i think especially early on we were still playing just for ourselves um and which is probably why the audio is so bad because we're all still just not really concerned about how the, you know, or not all of us, probably you were, I don't think we, the rest of us weren't concerned with the quality of the production really. Cause we were just playing it online and streaming it for fun. Yeah. Um, but I think that was the biggest difference is, is especially as you understand what having an audience means as far as trying to do a better job of the production. Um, so that's a big, I think another big thing is it's a lot easier to play video games in the background when you're doing it online. So especially I think Connor and uh, yeah, I think, I think Connor was one of the most distractible ones yeah. where we would have a whole scene and he'd come back. I think it was mostly during um, that. I noticed it at least during uh, um, and a, and a Domini, I think. on a Domini. Yeah. Yeah. Where we would have a scene and he would come back to be fair. He, his character was pretty so like quiet spoken. He didn't, didn't talk very much. So I think that was part of it. He was just kind of a stoic character. It probably didn't help him with this, but yeah, he would come back after a scene and he'd either do something that was made it very clear. He did not know what had just happened or he would ask what just happened. And when we'd explain it, he'd be like, no, I mean like, you know, we'd have to go all the way back. And we're like, Connor, what are you doing? Uh, so that is a big thing. Uh, I mean, I think we, we've gotten better at, uh, I think, controlling what we're doing in the background and at least gotten better at dual tasking if we're doing that, not <laughs> missing out. It helps that Connor is a GM in our current game, so you yes. can't do that. Uh, which, is, but, which is actually pretty funny because right now I'm I'm the guy who keeps forgetting things because I'm doing yeah. other stuff. <laughs> But to my point, it doesn't happen very often. And it's not like, I mean, I never really noticed it. So yeah, I think generally we're better at it. But yeah, I I think I I think I've tried to make it because of that vibe that's happened in the past. I've tried to at the very least pretend like I know what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, just until it becomes very obvious that I don't (laughs) be good at flying by seat of your pants. Um, Yeah, I I mean, to be fair, like when you're in person, phones can be a similar thing, but you can see someone on their phone and be like, cut that out uh it's harder to see somebody playing a game and like to be able to call them out on the call that's being recorded for other people all that kind of stuff you know so yeah that's i think the biggest differences um for me uh 
and I think like I was saying earlier that role playing is feels a little different online. It's a little more like it almost feels a little more like a a movie would or something or an audio drama or whatever, where you know the spotlight is on one person at a time because if it's on multiple people, it's hard to well, I mean, you know, multiple people, I guess if they're in a conversation, but yeah, at once on one person because if multiple people are talking at the same time, it's just not going to work online at all. Yeah. Uh, in in person, it's a, it's a little more of like a, an actual conversation where you can have, you can more easily have branching conversations and stuff. Yeah. And uh, so I think there's, there's even just generally that makes it feel a little more structured and produced mm-hmm. almost, even if you're not recording. Yeah. Um, and that I don't think it's necessarily good or bad, but um, that was something that made the in-person recorded session. A lot of fun was, was uh getting to feel those two worlds combined basically which i imagine is i guess how like critical role in them feel every time because that's what they do yeah but, it, uh, it's actually yeah. so sad because i i think i told you guys this after i realized it but that that episode episode eight of elysian road um did the mics were slightly off from each other and so there's an echo like the entire time oh um, no because the mics were slightly um the timing was off between the two. Uh, That's yeah. like mic hookups we had. Uh, the voices are doubled, uh, which is going to be a nightmare for me to try to figure out how to mitigate when I get to that, get to the Elysian Road podcast uh, version. But uh, yeah, it, it was pretty yeah. sad to to note that rough. the audio quality is is weird on that and it might be grating yeah. to listen to. Um, but uh, yeah, it, did, it definitely did have that new vibe of like, you can kind of have some side conversations going on. Uh, but to be completely honest, that's one of the things that I don't like about role-playing games. Um, and, and that's why I like doing the the style of online stuff we do so much better is yeah. it's so much easier to focus on yeah. what's happening at one time. Like, mm-hmm. I can't listen to Critical Role because of that. I, I right. because I just like some people are like, oh, I get to an Easter egg if I if I pay attention to this particular conversation. But I'm like, I want to know yeah. what's going on. You I don't want to feel like I, things. yeah, I don't want to. Ha- I don't yeah. want to feel like I missed something because three people were talking over yeah. each other. It's um, like if you were reading a book and the the conversation was randomly circulated, which conversation you got to read, and the other ones you just didn't get to read. <laughs> you had to go back and reread it. <laughs> yeah, which would like, which yeah. would be fine if that was intentional. Like and right. the, 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 the author right wants you to only pick up this part of the conversation right um yeah but at, when you're doing a, a live role-playing game thing it's really annoying at least for me and i know for other people particular people yeah. i know other people like it um it's probably just a taste thing but for me like yeah because of the style of stuff that we do and again it's it's very influenced by role play the style of, of game that we do um where there isn't a lot of because because it's always um through zoom or something else like that and we're yeah. actually online instead of like in a room and then just streaming it. There is a, it's just a different vibe and different mechanics have to be done in the people management. Um, and yeah, it yeah. really helps to, the vibe is great for me because we just focus on one character at a time. Uh, and that means not only do does each character get their own spotlight time as opposed to an in-person game where sometimes it's way easier yeah. to run roughshod over people right. without realizing yeah. that's what you're doing. Uh, it can still happen in, in uh, online stuff. And we obviously, right. if you listen to the original Chrome Inquisitors recordings, that happens a lot. Uh, and David's yeah. talked about that as well. Um, how uh, he, he, Josh talked to him at one point was like, listen, you keep talking over me. <laughs> and David's like, Oh, sorry. Yeah. Um, 
I'm editing most of that out, so it will. David will sound much nicer in the podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, I seem like a nicer person than I am. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my job. That's my job. Yeah, uh, to make you sound like rock stars. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it 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 really helps me as a GM too because it's better for people management. Um, I can not only can other people do their th- own thing while they're not while the scene isn't about them and not get in the, everybody's way, um, but also me as the gm i i always get headaches after we do an in-person session right i'm always dead tired after we do an in-person session but i i very rarely feel like that doing an online session because there's just way less to keep track of um right i i always have to feel like i'm like specifically looking at people all the time and like making sure that they're in person engaged with what's going on as opposed to right yeah. online where they could be zoned out but it looks like they're paying attention because they're doing the same thing every time it's you're always just staring at the screen and so it's not as immediately obvious yeah where and and, and i guess that could be uh a failure too sometimes i guess depending on the situation but um i, mean, it, I think it, that makes sense yeah. It helps to have the separation of now I'm taking a step back and now I'm in the audience right? while this other person is doing their thing, mm-hmm. um, which which honestly was very helpful for Burning Wheel. Um, I can't imagine it would be it's definitely more difficult to do the style of Burning Wheel game that we like doing in person because yeah. a bunch of people would be sitting there doing nothing for most of the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, and if you're doing nothing in an in-person game, then you're going to be probably distracting other people by right. distracting yourself with whatever you want to distract yourself with as opposed to yeah. online where you can just be like, okay, cool. Uh, th- I'm not in the scene. I'm going to look up a YouTube video quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't bother anyone and that's fine. Mm-hmm. It's not distracting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, and I mean, you know, there's something to be said about if possible to, to be remaining aware of what's going on so you can, reference and use that information later uh you know even if it's not your character on screen but um yeah i think uh that i i've enjoyed having side conversations like that like it feels natural um because you know it's sort of how real conversations work and it feels like it feels like you're with the group of people interacting with them almost like your your character but i think that from a gym's perspective, we have to kind of keep track of that stuff and is now missing actual character interaction they could use in their story, you know, uh, and is trying to also make sure those people aren't missing important things. I feel like that would be really obnoxious as a GM. And, you know, as a player, if you miss something, you just ask what you missed. <laughs> so you kind of don't have any of that, uh, you know, uh, difficulty. So I can see why it would be frustrating uh, as a GM and also like, um, like, I, I think it's fun that uh, Shirley Kirk role has little side conversations, but I wouldn't miss them if it didn't, because I often don't pay attention to them for that exact reason. Like, I think it's fun that they happen, but I don't usually listen to them. Uh, and which, which kind of means they're not really, they might as well not be there. <laughs> so I, I agree that I think as much as I think that they are, um, kind of like a cute, like uh i guess reflection of what your characters would actually be like if they were sitting around talking i I think as a production even if you're not recording it sort of does hurt the overall quality and and people's 
understanding of the entirety of the game uh, that they're in because they're missing things. So, yeah, I, I, I think I, I agree with that, what you said there about, you know, having the side conversations and uh, burning wheel specifically. I think if you feel like you're always on with burning wheel, it's, it's going to really burn you out ironically. <laughs> and so I think that's why I, I think I agree that, you know, having the spotlight be on one person at a time, even, even not the GM, right. You can just kind of let a person do their own thing for a little bit in burning yeah. wheel. Um, at least to some degree, of course you got to be there, but uh, helps you just kind of relax a little. Uh, Cause yeah, burning wheel is a, it's an intense game in that what you're doing has consequences mm-hmm. and uh, is often failures are there's a real chance of failure. unlike some other games and uh, it can be nerve wracking, uh, which is what makes it so cool. But yeah, it's a, uh, it's a whole thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and burning wheel is a good example of um, again, just the, it, it really, I think shaped the way we do. Um, the online stuff by virtue of it's the first thing we did um because i honestly burning wheel has shaped our group and the way we play role-playing games yeah, um, you can tell because we always use burning wheel words in every other game we exactly play. right i always use intent um for a- anything right like um that that is it's such a helpful tool to yeah. to really get at the core of like what's going on in this role what is your intent? Yep. If you succeed, you succeed on your intent. That is a yep. very useful tool. <laughs> I literally reference intent in bonds and I've never written down what intent means anywhere, which I need to do. Yep. But I literally write it as though everyone just already knows what yep. that means because <laughs> Because you like, should. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it does have an inherent meaning, but as far as this rep- representation in a game, I should probably be explicit about what I mean yeah. by that. But yeah, in my rules, like when you succeed, you you, you gain you, you achieve your intent and but I've never explained what that means. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, I mean, that's that and the style of game that roleplay does. And again, it all really has to do with brain wheel because Adam Coble, uh, the GM for roleplay at that time, um, was he was the biggest fan of brain wheel. And like, right. that yeah. is how he played role-playing games. And I, I think it is it's definitely shaped everything we do on on the channel, um, because of that, right? And Josh always gets uh gets into this too where he's just like burning wheel has wired my brain for like how i expect role-playing games to go because with fate you have to un- kind of unwire it a little bit because you're like i have to um um uh get everything out beforehand any bonus possible has to be on the table so that i get the highest roll i possibly can with this dice pool uh, and that's a burn, very right, burning wheel yeah. thing, but fate doesn't care about that. Uh, fate's just like, no. just just <laughs> yeah. make the roll, and we'll figure it out later. Um, yeah, but, it's actually like exactly the opposite. Ninety nine percent of the effort goes into the roll before the roll on burning wheel, and, and yeah, like you said, in fate, it's like ah, just make the roll. If you didn't get it, you'll just spend points until you do. It's fine. Yeah. It, and, it, and and even if you fail, you can just fail at a cost. Like yeah, succeeding in in fate and succeeding in burning wheel are night and day, <laughs> completely different. Yeah, and the, the the biggest example of that I think is um with with Burning Wheel, um there was a role that Jared's character has to make in season two. That's like the biggest role he's ever made. Um, and he goes ahead, he he adds so many different dice to it. He just keeps like talk, talking to me about like, okay, I need to add this dice and this dice and this dice, and we just go through a giant pool, and then we roll, 
and then there you go there's a couple things that happen afterwards you can spend fate and stuff um but with fate it was we made the role to try to defeat this group that was surrounding us in a warehouse and then we spent the next hour continuing to rack up modifiers over and over again and then kept being like okay now we tie again all right i'm gonna use this modifier and connor's like i'm gonna use this modifier yeah. and then, okay we tie yeah. again uh over and over again um, yep <laughs> but anyway the, the reason i bring that up is i think the way that burning wheel talks about roles talks about spotlight talks about um character progression is the thing that defines the way we play role-playing games no matter what game it is um yep and that's by virtue of the the gaming group that we have had throughout our time doing this ha- was was forged in the fires of the burning wheel right um yeah <laughs> and so that's that's on our on our brains a lot and i think it's been a a help uh it's been a a major benefit definitely yeah to the way we play um, and it's been a major benefit to the games I play with the Thursday group too. Um, and I've started to rub off on them in terms of the way that they look at role-playing games too. Um, Alyssa just the other day, uh, when we actually did our, uh, Thursday game, uh, the side story that Jared jumped into, uh, for Terry Invicta. Oh yeah. I don't think I told you that Jared, Jared jumped into a side story for Terry Invicta on Thursday. Um, yeah. He mentioned that he's going uh, to. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, but, uh, um, Alyssa afterwards was like, so Caleb, if you're ever doing another burning wheel game let me know because i <laughs> still want to yeah. play that again and and like there's something about the burning wheel and i know this is not really what this episode is about but there's if something about it about the burning wheel it's okay that if you get it if you because mm-hmm. like there have been other players that like seth leha for example did not like his experience with burning wheel and i and i right. i want to try to do a more long-running campaign with the four of them at some point in the future and and have him give it another chance um and probably try to set the proper expectations but like burning wheel is not like D at all Ooh, not even right? a little bit exactly and and <laughs> i think that's what he was expecting he was expecting his character yeah. to succeed a lot uh-huh. to be good at what he's right like and that's just not how burning wheel works right? anything it's, is possible as long yeah, as you get a 20 not and, true yeah. right burning wheel is about struggle um it's about being beaten down before you rise victorious um yeah. and Emily and Alyssa latched onto that right away and got it and we're like ooh okay like and we had like a duel of wits with uh, Alyssa's character in in Uh, that burning wheel game we did and she lost it it was was like really rough I think she got like a a mind like there was a compromise and stuff obviously but like she did not get what she wanted and at (laughs) first it was like you know she she could have been like well dang it like that was the one thing my character wanted but then instead she she took that and did what every good burning wheel player does and said i guess my character has to change uh and that was the most interesting part of her character because she went from being all right i'm going to be in charge of this uh secret organization that talks about lore and stuff to all right apparently that organization is completely misogynistic i'm gonna make a feminist witch cult (laughs) (laughs) right like it, it 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 hard left to her character no pun intended right. um, <laughs> to uh yeah and and, and yeah it was right. a whole big thing and it was awesome uh if you ever get the chance you should listen to lavender shadows it's yeah a lot of fun um but but that's that's when you know that someone gets burning wheel um when they mm-hmm. they fail a role and they look at their character sheet and they say i guess i have to change and that's yeah. a good thing yeah that's that's one of the things is like burning wheel is about watching your characters change and 
Um, and like, that's the thing is, you know, your failures and your experiences should change your character. It shouldn't be because in D and D the game is about changing the world to fit your character, right? Your character just, just bashes his, his stats into the world until it, it matches him and burning wheels the other way around, right? Did I say burning wheel? I meant D and D if I said burning wheel first there, uh, D and D yeah. is about bashing your character into the world until it fits what you want. Uh, and uh, because your character can do that, <laughs> he's capable of that. Uh, and then, uh, burning wheel is the opposite, right? It's about the world uh, bashing your character until yeah. it changes. It's about trying to survive and not being the same character at the end. And um, I think one of the reasons I think the burning wheel is uh, the reason I think burning wheel is such a satisfying game for me is that the harder you play the game, the better the story gets. That's like my yeah. my tagline, my go to for burning wheel because the game rewards you more for playing your character believably and if playing your character believably is difficult like it's like a you know if, if you're playing to difficult things like difficulties or uh failures of your character you get more rewards so the more complicated and you know difficult your character's life is the more you're rewarded yep. and uh i think that's why it's such a compelling game and i I've tried to grab as much of that sort of stuff as I can uh, for my, for bombs. Cause that's my favorite thing about it. I think that's one part I like about fates um, aspects is, you know, you're rewarded for accepting compels to use it, to play your character the way that they're meant to be played. Now, to be fair, uh, your aspects can be whatever you want. So they don't have to necessarily be difficult things like uh, in burning wheel. Your character usually at least has something that's making his life difficult, mm-hmm. but um you know, and, uh, but ultimately, yeah, I think the fact that uh, it does such a good job of encouraging you to play a character that is believable and interesting and has flaws and rewarding you for that uh, rather than just making it painful. Because I mean, like in, in D&D, if you're playing a weak character, it just sucks. It's, there's no benefit there. But playing a character with flaws in, in Burning Wheel is, I mean, probably, arguably, more rewarding than playing a good character because yeah. it's just how the game is, is built. Um, and getting to watch that character change, like you were saying, getting to watch, I think is mostly through their belief system, right? You get to watch what they want to change as they either do or don't get what they want. Yeah. And I, I think that those two things together make a, a game that's about characters. Mm-hmm. And I think I, it's something you told me once, uh, pardon me, that I think it was about writing that, you know, you, you've learned more and more that stories are about characters. Yep. Like the, ultimately that's what they're about. They're about people and watching them change and what happens to them. Mm-hmm. And I think role-playing games are, I honestly, I feel like pretty much every narrative is that way. It's about the human element to it. Um, it's why we need a character to connect to in a story because we need a human element. Yep. And I think RPGs are the same way, which is why Burning Wheel as a game that is about the character changing and about watching the character be human and fail and, deal with difficult things, pardon me, is I think why it's so compelling and yep. why being able to watch them change is so interesting. And it's so compelling. Um, and I think that's ultimately the reason why it's a game that has affected every other game because it makes storytelling better. And you can use a lot of those tools, even in a game that doesn't have those tools to make the storytelling better, yeah. um, which I realize is very long. No, no, it makes sense. It's the game that makes you, it makes, that helps you understand every other role playing game. 
right? Yeah, exactly. it, b- because it gives you the tools to say, listen, we, re- we, we drilled down into what role-playing games are actually about, and we made all the rules be based on that. Yeah. Right. Um, and so other it's not to say that all other other role playing games are great. Um, right. Like I right. love playing Dungeons and Dragons. I wouldn't be starting right. another three plus <laughs> year Dungeons and Dragons campaign if right. I didn't love playing Dungeons and Dragons. Um, but the thing about Dungeons and Dragons is that the rules are incidental to the characters. Um, and so at the end of the day, you kinda you have to do a lot of heavy lifting on your own without any help from Dungeons and Dragons to right. make a story happen. Um, and yeah. given that as long as we make the story in Dungeons and Dragons about the things that Dungeons and Dragons is good at, like the rules wise, we can still make that work right with the role-playing game that we're playing. Um, but at the end of the day, the story of Dungeons and Dragons will not be the characters changed, right? It will be the characters overcame. It'll be the characters beat the bad guy, right? Yeah. Which is if you fine. Lose, if you lose D and D, you just die. <laughs> exactly right. Which is fine, um, but it does mean it's a different type of story, and it doesn't. It it you have to do um, more work to make the story about the characters, um, which you know, it that's what stories are about. Um, and so basically, it's just harder. <laughs> Burning wheel is easier. <laughs> At the end of the day, Burning Wheel is easier to make a good story that isn't than Dungeons and Dragons is because oh, yeah, it gives definitely. you more tools. Yeah, because it's built into the system, which is why you can use those at least concepts in other games. Because, like you said, I think it it's a game that teaches you about what makes good storytelling, yeah. and then like 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 you said, you can use that in other games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, I appreciate. It. I think I think that it's you know Burning Wheel is a game about that specifically, and uh, I, I think in a similar way that Powered by the Apocalypse is sort of a a look at role-playing games and how they tell stories. Um, yep. and, and I think it succeeds in a lot of similar ways um, that Burning Wheel does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that transition, right. Um, from the way we were playing before to the online phase of our um, gaming really is intricately tied with Burning Wheel um, for that exact reason. Right. It, it, and that's the reason I think we've been doing this for so long. And that we've told a bunch of stories that I think are really good uh, is because we started yeah. with Bernie wheel. Now that's not to say that Crow mm-hmm. Inquisitors is like the best story, best story that's ever existed. You know, going right. back through it now, I know that like we were still um, taking our baby steps into this in a lot of ways. Um, there's a lot of stuff that we right. do as the characters in, in the first season of Crow Inquisitors that are very D and D things to do, or that are very beginning role player things to do um, because that's what we were still holding on to. But once we get to season three of Crow Inquisitors, we see such a dramatic change um, in the like, just from my perspective, looking at the story of each of each season, um, it continues to. I, I think season three was where we really started on a good trajectory. Um, no, no, that's not true. We started on a good trajectory before, but like it's where we started to hit our stride with the right, games yeah. that we play um first and second season of crow inquisitors still have a lot of that like um kind of you know it's fine but that kind of wacky um doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you really think about it way of playing role-playing games we just kind of throw stuff at the wall and um be murder ho- murder hobo is kind of what i'm going for here right like we, there are still a lot of murder hobo stuff yeah, yeah. In, intrinsic in the first and second seasons uh, of Crow Inquisitors. We're third season of Crow Inquisitor. 
of Crow Inquisitors. It's so politically involved and there's so much character yeah. change that happens. So many, like the entire game I think has like maybe one fight, the entire third season of Crow Inquisitors. Um, the rest of it is just a bunch of people talking to each other in a desert and it's yeah, amazing, right? Like it's so weird how that happens. Um, and, and then from there we did Elysian road and then Anno Domini and then hellbreaker sequence and now orphans. And I, I, we just continue to head down this great trajectory that I'm seeing of, we understand how, how this works now and are starting to have a lot of fun pushing out to the edges the sort of stuff we can do with role-playing games. Um, yeah, I agree. And Burning Wheel was the the linchpin for that. Um, yeah, it taught, it taught us what role-playing games were and how to make great stories. Um, yeah. You have any last thoughts, David? Um, no, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah, I think that, honestly, like you said, our, that was that transition went pretty hand-in-hand. Hand. And I think as far as, you know, a general concept of, of transitioning between you know the the two mediums I, I yeah i think honestly they're they're pretty similar there's some small small differences but the biggest thing is it's just easier to, to be able to play together online because yeah. you don't have to drive as far and you know it, it would be impossible it, to do it now because i live in idaho oh, so yeah exactly that's the other thing if, if we didn't have this set up previously it would have been a lot harder to continue this yep. when people moved and people move it's just how it goes you know people people's lives move on that's why We've, we went from being eight hours to, you know, four hours to doing it online, yep. <laughs> which was still for about four hours, but, and, you know, and then also missing many of those online sessions even because of yeah. uh, scheduling. So, yeah, but, um, you know, so it's just, I mean, it's just convenience really like anything else to take on, but I think that's about it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, and uh, we hope you're inspired to uh, play more role-playing games. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs>